What's going on guys and girls? Welcome back to another Case in Punt exclusive. Today we have a very special interview with ex-NFL and current CFL player Adrian Tracy. Tracy grew up in Virginia where he attended the College of William & Mary. He played every game in his college career there at defensive tackle and received All-American honors in his final two years. In 2010, he was drafted in the sixth round by the New York Giants, however suffered a dislocated elbow in the preseason and spent the rest of that season on IR. The next season, he played all 16 games and won the Super Bowl with the Giants over my beloved Patriots. He later signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in 2015 and has been here ever since, performing very well for our awesome defense. Today, he joins us to talk about his playing career, dealing with his injuries, and the role that Faith has played in his career. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Adrian Tracy. Everybody, uh, we got here in the on the phone Adrian Tracy of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Want to say what's up? What's going on? What's going on? Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on. Um, I guess we're just going to jump right into things. We um, we're going to record a, a intro before this, so we don't have to don't have to do the the intro right now. But uh, just a general a general question here: what uh what first you got you what first got you into football to begin with? Um, when I was younger, um, my mom's favorite NFL team was the Dallas Cowboys, so I watched them on TV um, every Sunday. And then Thanksgiving was a big game, ever since my favorite player. Um, so that was kind of where the bug bit me. Um, but I wasn't able to start playing until about eighth grade because my mom was afraid I was going to get hurt. Um, so it was a long time for me to process uh, the fact that she would, she wouldn't let me play from about the age of six to about the age of 12, 13. Yeah, that's that's right. I think uh, a lot of parents actually have that fear, and I know I know my dad didn't want me to play in my grade twelfth year, and I ended up playing, not telling him, and we won the city championships, so that was fun. <laughs> but um, no, but that that is cool. And um, was was your mom okay with it? Like once you started playing, and or. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was always nervous, as moms are, whenever yeah. the kids get involved in any kind of activity. Um, but uh, she realized that I was one of the bigger kids out there. And I was the one that was kind of doing the hurting. And so <laughs> and she felt good that she was like not having to worry about her son. But then she started to worry about other kids on the field. Um, so, yeah, she uh, she came around slowly but surely. And uh, thankfully so, because it turned into uh, my first career. Of course. And did you did you start off wanting to do defense um, when you first started? Or were you kind of thrown out actually, all over the place? Actually, I was uh, on offense. Like I said, uh, Emerson was my favorite player, so I was a running back. Uh, and in high school, I also played wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, and defensive end. So I was kind of all over the place um, and kind of fell in love with tight end, to be honest. Um, and was looking at Ivy League schools, Princeton, Dartmouth, Yale. I just didn't have a few that were looking at me to play on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but when I actually decided to go to William & Mary uh, for my university choice, they had the opportunity to play either defensive end or tight end, and defensive end allowed me to get on the field faster. So <laughs> that's the one that I chose. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so actually, um, we had Delvin Bro on the podcast uh, a couple episodes back, and obviously he's from Louisiana, and so he said uh, Louisiana is the best football state, bar none. He was very, very adamant about that fact. Uh, so obviously you grew up in Virginia, went to college in Virginia. Uh, what is, what's the football culture like in Virginia? Like, do you, do you think that Virginia is the best football state or like, uh, we just want to hear your uh, thoughts on that. The culture overall has changed a lot. Um, I know when I was growing up now, this is dating myself, but this is back in the early 2000s. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was on the come up, right? A lot of the things that you guys have been afforded, not just you guys that I'm, I'm talking to right now, but just in general, this new generation, as far as like YouTube and travel teams and all these leagues that are outside of school, 
those were just on the come up uh, when I was going through high school. So um, the the sports landscape overall, I think, uh, has has grown tremendously. Um, but for Virginia, as far as football, um, I mean, we've had some quality players from from time, and not only in the Northern Virginia area where I'm from, but also in uh, the Tidewater region, we have like Michael Vicks, one of the biggest names coming mm-hmm. out of there. Um, that area. So I mean, every state's gonna have their 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 claim to fame with why they're the number one or you know the players that they have that are pretty adamant um and and accomplished but you know as long as we're producing quality talent and quality men that's all i care about who do you think is the best player outside of yourself obviously who do you think is the best player to come out of virginia uh, i mean i wouldn't even play put me out there <laughs> um, i mean to be honest and keeping it just you know i, I say michael vick i mean yeah. i don't think i've ever seen anybody do the things that he's done as far as the quarterback position and then what he did in the NFL. I mean, I'm just talking about sports yeah. specifically. I'm yeah. not talking about off-the-field issues. Everybody has their opinions about that. I'm just talking about what he brought to the football field in that aspect. Uh, I think he was a very dynamic player. And even though Lamar Jackson looks like he's scratching the surface of being that kind of guy, mm-hmm. um, it's been a while since we've seen somebody be a, a true dual threat like, like him. <laughs> Yeah, no, like I, when you said Mike Vick, I was like, yeah, that's got to be, that's got to be the answer, but just wanted to, had to make sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I was also going to ask you how you felt about Lamar Jackson since you think so highly of Vick. So it was, it was, uh, you already answered that question there. It'll, it'll be cool to see what he, what Lamar's capable of coming up. That's, and that's the thing, especially with all the, um, discouraging words said towards him when he was coming out and his first, his first season in NFL not being what it is that everybody was expecting. Um, but, <laughs> I'd say he's he's answered those criticisms pretty well this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, just going back to um, to yourself here. Um, did you? I, you said that you got some some offers to play at other schools. So did you ever? Was were they in your consideration? Was it like a tough choice, or did you just were you set on staying in Virginia? Uh, that was always a, a difficult decision because I didn't know if I needed to go far. I didn't know if I needed to stay close. I didn't know if I just wanted to be a student. I didn't know if I wanted to be a student athlete and then what sport I wanted to play. Um, so it was kind of a, a whirlwind of um, decisions that I had to make that, that ultimately led to my you know choice of going to William Mary. But for me, the reason why I went to William Mary is because my mom told me that regardless of what I do as far as athletics, whether it be the, the four years that I'm there or afterwards, like... I need to be in love with where I'm at and, and what it is that I decide to do and study afterwards. So when I went and visited the campus, it just felt like home. And that's the only thing that I can describe as far as like why I decided to go there. It didn't feel like the other campuses that I visited where it was kind of like, you know, a show put on to, you know, put their best foot forward. Like William Mary was very uh, vanilla, very upfront. And that's one thing that I'd appreciate. Um, one thing that I've grown to understand and learn, especially in, in this business of sports is that you know one thing that you can appreciate is, is being straightforward and, and trustworthy and having to having integrity yeah 100 percent. i think i mean i think that's that's awesome that you you were raised that way and that you still believe that and you i think you made the right choice in the end there that's cool okay um we know that you uh, we were reading about you and uh we knew that you played basketball did you ever consider playing like keeping playing basketball or was it kind of football all the way through no, nah, basketball was actually my first love, and I was actually on a couple of D2 offers and D3 offers. Um, was afforded the opportunity to play both, but um, I'm very competitive. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to sacrifice, you know, that, that part just for playing and being able to do both pursuits. Um, so 
uh, I had to let one go, and unfortunately, it was basketball, my first love. But you know, everything worked out in the end. Um, football afforded me a lot of opportunities that I never, ever would have had um, without it. And so, for that, I'm definitely grateful. Mm-hmm. What was the best dunk you could do? <laughs> uh, man, I mean, I wasn't really, to be honest, I wasn't really like a dunker like that. Like, I would dunk, but just off the like aggression and frustration. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Athletic. My brother's the athletic type. I, I've seen him do stuff that I've just been like, wow. <laughs> you know? But um, for me, I was, you know, uh, started off in the guard, mm-hmm. two, three spot, and then kind of as I grew taller and stronger, they, they bumped me down. So now I was in, in the paint, banging with the big guys. So, yeah, um, dang, y'all get me excited just thinking about yeah. So, yeah, kind of just uh, speaking back to you playing two sports in college, we know that uh, football in itself, especially at the college level, gives you a lot of wear and tear on your body. So playing, like, two sports is a massive accomplishment. But how did you manage to stay so healthy throughout the college football season? Because we know that you started every single game of your career throughout college. That's pretty amazing. Like, do you have any secrets for how that happened? Uh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great answer. Because I played four years, like you said, injury free. Um, didn't miss a game. Was able to start every game mm-hmm. and, and contribute to a wonderful program at William and Mary. Um, and then the very next year, my rookie year in the NFL, I had one of the most serious injuries I've ever sustained in my life. I dislocated my elbow, tearing my bicep and certain parts of you know the inner part of my arm. So, you know, <clears throat> to go four and a half years injury free and then have one of those be the biggest ones in you know the professional stage it just lets me know that God's hands was always around me on that field regardless of mm-hmm. how strong I thought I was or how athletic or how fast that you know there's another element uh, that's involved in, in everything that we do we gotta we gotta be mindful of that so yeah that's awesome that's uh, that's really good to hear uh, but also so throughout that time um, I'm sure you did get a little banged up. Uh, do you think there were any games that you played that you probably maybe should have sat out, but you had that motivation? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, just cut off that question right there. Any kind of like health hazard, like I would have gone out there and passed out, but mm-hmm. just you know, little nicks and little things that are are probably best managed with rest. You know, when you see your guys out there playing and fighting and and going to battle. Uh, it's very hard to sit on the sideline, and so that's why the mind doesn't matter, and that's why the mind is such a powerful thing. Um, you know, you can compartmentalize things, you can suppress things, and you can put them in a position where you can use them as fuel as opposed to something that could potentially sideline you. And I think that's one of the things that, for me personally, football has allowed me to do, um, which is good and bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good to be able to put certain things to the side and be able to forge forward, uh, understanding that it's not going to be able to hold you back. But at the same time, you got to understand what you can put to the side and what you need to address. Um, so, sorry, I didn't mean to go down that down that tangent right quick, <laughs> but it just it just cool. popped in my head as far as you know the good and bad things that I've learned from football um, and just how you know you use it um, outside of what it is that you do. So I do have another like small question for you here. Have you ever taught about teaching philosophy at like a university <laughs> level? Because like listening to you talk about this stuff is like pretty unreal. I gotta say. No, but I'm currently a free agent, so if anybody's out there listening, they need a professor. Nah, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm betting t- uh, Hamilton brings you back. Oh, excuse me. 
we'll see. Everything's in God's hands. One thing that I'm learning in this process is, is that regardless of what it is that I want, at the end of the day, God's will will always prevail. Um, exactly, so yeah. That's a testament to like why I'm here. Not to say that I, would, I, I hate Hamilton, but when I was in the <laughs> States and I was in the NFL, I was going back and forth between different teams. Coming up to the CFL wasn't really an option, <laughs> in my opinion. But yeah. like I said, God's will will always prevail. And, you know, I'm here right now and I'm doing more in this community than I would have ever done uh, back at home. And so that's one thing that I can, can look back and be thankful for. That's that's very true, and um, that, you bring up the NFL. We may as well just just jump ahead there and talk about the NFL. Um, let, let's start back in in 2010. Did you even expect to be drafted? And if so, what was that feeling like? And where were you? Just take us through that day. I did expect to be drafted. Um, it's 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 a very wonderful thing to have strong supportive parents. Uh, my mom always said that you know, regardless of where you go, if you have the talent, you know they'll find you. Like if it's like I said before, if it's God's will that you play in the NFL or that you become a doctor, that you do whatever it is that you set out to do and you put, you know, works beyond the faith that you have, then, then it'll come to pass. And so I was expecting to get drafted because uh, since my junior year, uh, my coaches and scouts were coming around and I think that to be a small school player, um, to have all this attention, it, it wasn't for, for not. So that's when I really started to keep things in the gear and take it serious as far as like, all right, make sure like football and school are things that you need to like really just focus on because there'd be seasons where I'd be like, all right, football, I'm diving in all the way. And then sometimes I'd be like, all right, football, you take a back burner. Let me jump into school real quick because school has kind of been, been lax. But like I said, sports is one thing that has taught me how to kind of multitask and be a time manager, uh, have some discipline. And so having those things cultivated and, and, and brought up within me throughout not only my, my upbringing, but throughout college allowed me to be in a position to have realistic expectations. So when I was on draft day, I was expecting to get drafted. I was expecting to get drafted higher, actually. And that's not me being cocky or full of myself. That's just based off the information that I was given from my agent, um, how teams were talking, and just the lay of the land uh, at that time. But um, it didn't happen that way, and I ended up going to the second day. And so I was getting anxious, and my mom had saw that I was getting anxious, so she just asked me to hop in the car with her to run a couple of errands. And um, come around the corner, uh, about to go actually to Home Depot. Oh, yeah. And I remember my <laughs> phone ringing. I got a call from, um, at that time, it was Jerry Reese, who's the general manager. And I spoke to Tom Coughlin, the head coach at the time, and yep. then my defense coordinator at the time, Perry Fuel. And that was kind of that was kind of surreal. It honestly felt like it was supposed to happen, but at how it happened, like I was like, all right, like, dang, the childhood dream of what I had is here, but it's not really here. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because one thing that I did realize, and that was especially after going through the NFL and then being up here in the CFL, is that like obviously there's one thing that people see on TV, and then there's one thing that they do not see on TV. And for me personally. I had always held on to the image that I saw on TV about, you know, Emmitt Smith of that star player, you know what I'm saying, who is loved by the fans, embraced by the city, you know, has endorsement deals and is killing it on the field, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, like that's all the things that I had in mind when I got to that level. Not to say that it was unattainable, but for me personally, that wasn't in God's will for me, the way that I had designed it. And I was able to accomplish some of those things, and that's always a great a great feat that I thank God for because not a lot of people can say that they were drafted, they made it to the NFL, and they won a Super Bowl. But in the span of that, and I hope hopefully you guys get get it from this perspective, is is that that was not all 
that was available to me. Like I said before, like football encompasses more than just, you know, your physical aspect. Like I was blessed to be healthy in my college career because God's hand of protection was over me. No different than when we get to what I'm discussing right now. Like God's hand was around this entire situation. And so when I realize that I have to put my own my own desires and wants to the side and realize that the blessing was still there. Like the blessing in my eyes, now that I can look back 2020 was the fact that I was in New York city, one of the biggest media markets. And I said that I was a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. That was an opportunity for me to use that platform to the utmost to lift up the one person who, whenever anybody asked me, how did you get there? I was giving them credit. Well, if it wasn't for God, well, my words were, were saying it, but when I got to the point where I was physically in a position to give him that credit with my acts of service, you know what I'm saying? With my testimony, with, you know, doing various things to, to just shine and be that light, I didn't do it. <laughs> I was caught up in the idea and image that I had growing up of being that guy in that city, getting the money, having the cars, you know, this 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 lifestyle. Yeah. And he took it away from me. He literally took it away from me the very next year, the year that everybody's like, okay, like you paid your dues, you know, year two, you're coming around, you're shaping into exactly who we want you to be. We have certain packages for you. To the point where the last preseason game we're preparing, and we don't even put in a package because we open up against Dallas, and they say that they don't want to, they don't want to leak the package because it's, it features me. And so I'm like, oh shit, like oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. At that point, you know, you never know if you can get the X or not. So when they, and I'm not saying they like my teammates, like I'm talking about my position coach, my defensive coordinator. When they tell me that, like I'm feeling confident. Okay, moving forward. You know, I'm, I'm here. I feel comfortable. I've, I've done it again. I made it past the 53 cut. Mm-hmm. Well, Adrian didn't make it past the 53 cut. <laughs> Adrian got cut. And Adrian got sent back home to Virginia. And I was on my mother's couch for about a month. And I'm sitting there. And I'm just very upset. And I'm having a sober conversation with God. I'm just frustrated. I'm like, why would you bring me to that highest pinnacle? Being in the NFL, finally have an opportunity to, to show what I can do, only to take it from me. And in that process, if I would have been obedient and listening to moments of silence instead of being frustrated and, and using that time to voice my complaints, I could have heard him be like, look, son, like, I gave it what it is that you desired, but you didn't use it to the way that you were supposed to. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't mature enough to handle the pressures of what that life offered and still be the man that my mom brought me up to be, my dad brought me up to be, and who I was raised in the church to be. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean as far as, like, God's will always prevail if it's his will for me to come back here next year and play i will give everything i have like, like i do every every time that i suit up but if his direction points me in a in a different occupation a different career a different you know a different opportunity to to utilize a platform then i have to just do do right by myself and do right by him and make sure that i take full advantage of it the way that he would he would want me to use it and that's 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 where i'm at right now that's why i can feel comfortable about jumping on this podcast and being open like I didn't yeah. prepare this because I want to be I want to be transparent right I want to mm-hmm. be I want to be relatable I want you to feel how real this is to me because like this is my life like this is what I'm living through right now like I'm currently going through something where I'm 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 battling faith like it's a lot of things on the horizon a lot of great things on the horizon but right now there's a lot of question marks a lot of empty gaps that need to be filled and I don't have the answers <laughs> And so instead of me being in a position where I'm type A and I try to 
have a plan for everything and take control. Like this is really a moment in which, like I said before, that silent period where I just need to listen to him. He's brought me here this far. He's not going to leave me, right? He's brought you guys this far to wherever you are in your walk. He's not going to leave you. Yeah. This is for anybody who's who's having a problem or going through a, a trial or a tribulation in which they just feel like they're just out there. Like, I'm, I'm just here. Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. Like, God, I don't really know where you're moving, how you're moving, when you're moving. And I just I just feel like, I, this is this is the one analogy I always use. I just feel like I'm the fifth guy. Like, there's four people on a pickup team, and they need one more. And they're like, oh, man, hey, all right, hey, you, just come over here and stand in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the season that I feel like I'm in right now where guys like, ah, all right, you, but not yet, right? Like, hurry yeah. up and wait. Like, that's one thing that I cannot stand is, like, hurry up and wait. But yeah. in, that se- in that season is when, like, your faith is built. And faith is, in my opinion, one of the biggest things and the biggest tools that a, that a Christian can really, really, really sharpen and refine, right? Yeah. Because that all starts in your mind. What you believe, excuse me, what you believe is what you think. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just repetitive. It goes back and forth. And then what you think becomes what you act upon, right? Yeah. And then that's how, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> this Canadian weather, all this snow. <laughs> It's a little cold outside. Yeah. Um, You talked uh, a lot about the trials and tribulations of the NFL and the CFL and and how tough it can be on you physically and mentally. Were there any NFL veterans or CFL veterans that gave you advice or wisdom for you to, you know, build on uh, just talking to them? Uh, I had had great role models um, on the New York Giants and all of my teammates on the defensive line. Uh, But in particular, I can probably list three. Chris Canty. Uh, Justin Tuck and OCU Muir. Um, I respected all of them for what they brought to the field. I mean, that goes without saying Pro Bowl players, Super Bowl yeah. champions, but mm-hmm. um, just how they carry themselves within the facility and then how I saw them operate um, with their families and then just in places of business. Uh, Tuck was a family man. Like, if <laughs> if I could pattern how I wanted my family life to be, it would be screenshot Tuck. Yeah. Um, you know, beautiful kids, beautiful wife. He had already established himself in the city. He was already kind of <clears throat> branching out, um, making, you know, business decisions to the point where he was able to go to the Ward School of Business and then segue that to a second career. So from that aspect, like home life and his second career, like Justin Tuck. OC Renewer, OC was that guy. They actually called me young OC. Uh, so I kind of took a liking to him and <clears throat> the one thing that I appreciated about him specifically was like his work ethic and his business acumen within within football. Um, so like his last deal, I don't know if a lot of people noticed, but his last deal when he went to Atlanta, he negotiated on his own. Oh yeah, and it was a pretty good mm-hmm. deal. And to know that he went from being uh, somebody who 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 tell you, I mean, everybody when you get to the NFL and you have a young age, you get a lot of money. You're not really thinking about things that that line up along your future and towards the end of your career, you know, when, when life really happens and a real world smacks you in the face, but he did get on board and to see that he was able to negotiate his last deal and for him to come out on top and have certain conversation in which you could really tell how he was, he was, um, methodically <laughs> picking certain things within the contract to have and not have. Like, yeah, I appreciated him for that. I thought that that was something that, especially with the whole dumb jock stigma, you don't really see that a lot. Um, and that was actually the first player that I know offhand that uh, negotiated his uh, NFL contract. So that was one thing that I appreciated. And then Chris Canty was kind of just like, 
kind of like a mixture of, of, of all of the above, to be honest, because uh, he was from down south, North Carolina. We went to UVA, so we had kind of that Virginia connection. But um, it was just kind of like, I guess, how we were, we were kind of raised similarly, right? And yeah. A lot of the things that uh, he valued and that he he took to heart were things that I, I did as well. And so I just kind of actually gravitated to him and still talk to him to this day um, as he segued into uh, being a sports commentator and, and, and broadcaster. So those guys, I, I thank God for being in my in my corner at such a young age, especially in the NFL. Because uh, even though I don't think that I walked the, the cleanest of paths, it could have been way worse, especially if I didn't have those guys uh, to give me a good example. Yeah. You talked a little bit about um, how the business behind it. And you know, New York's such a huge market. Is, business, is the business behind football everything, basically? Man, unfortunately... The dollar runs the world. Uh, the business is what runs the dollar. So, you know, like I said before, that image that I had as a little kid growing up of being excited about playing in, you know, the NFL, and I was able to, to, to get that, right? But then I said the other part of that, and that's the business side. Like, where there's money involved, there's a lot of money involved. The, the joys of, of Little League football go out the window, right? Everybody's yeah. worried about making a profit, sustaining a business. Um, and so, I mean, I understand it, but it's unfortunate that it's come to that point to where uh, I won't say everybody, but majority of the people who do play aren't playing for the love of the game anymore. They're playing as if it's a nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. And it, it, it is it is what we like what we wanted to get out of here here today was the was the behind the scenes stuff. As you said earlier, was a lot of people just see what's on the screen. And then after that. You guys are just football players, but we're trying to convey to like our audience or whoever we have listening that um, you know these football players are more than just people who put pads on and do a job. You know these guys are real people, and they each have their own struggles and battles and whatever it be. And I think it's really important for um, it's really cool that you know people like you agree to come on and share share all those uh, all that information. Um, so let's just uh, step away from uh, the NFL here and go a bit a bit to CFL. So was there a reason why, I think because you were a free agent when you came to Hamilton, was there a reason why you came to Hamilton specifically? Um, I mean, there's, I think they have my negotiations. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. The negotiation list, but even outside of that, I actually had the team that I played with the university that was already up here. And uh, after my stint with the Cardinals here, reached out and was like, man, you still can play. I know that you have the fire to play, um, but I know that you're probably frustrated and like wanted to give up on you know, the NFL, CFL, just football in general, because um, he had been through it just the year prior. Um, so he was like, man, this is this is just like how it was back in college that we get paid to do it. That's pretty much how he broke it down to mm-hmm. me. And for me, my last, well, my entire college experience, but specifically the last two years in which he was represented were like the two years, as far as football goes, that were probably the greatest of my life. Um, so when he said that, he he didn't have to say anymore. I hopped on a flight after talking with the general manager, um, and I came up here. And to be honest, when I first came and touched down, I told myself I would be here two weeks max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I came, it was like late October, early November. Yikes. It was uh, groggy. They threw, uh, they flew me into Toronto, but we drew, drew, wow. <laughs> drew, <laughs> we drove through at the East End, downtown Hamilton. So I'm by the steel mills and the rundown parts of of the city oh no like, oh, this, is, this is not gonna work yeah yeah it's a tough and first impression we, uh, almost five years later and uh i ain't left so yeah it's crazy it's crazy how god works in that aspect 
Um, but now that I've been here for five years, I don't think I can see myself playing for any other any other city. Uh, that was one of the reasons why I decided to stay up here year-round was just because of the embrace that I got from the fans. Uh, just on, like, everyday, everyday tasks. Like, I remember the first time where it really hit me. I was in downtown. I was walking to a breakfast spot. And I really wasn't paying attention. And somebody was like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And I'm in my zone, right? Just walking, not paying attention. Then I realized that we're the only two people on the street. Mm-hmm. So I turned around and I was like, oh, hey, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> how are you? Yeah. You know, just because of the states and stuff, to have that, that openness and that, that, that courtesy and just friendliness is, is not common. So for me, it was just like, oh, shoot. This, <laughs> this is normal up here. Okay. I yeah. get used to this. Yeah, that's um, cool. But yeah, that was probably the first kind of like, all right, like, even though this is not what I thought it would be, like, this this could be exactly what I needed to be. No, yeah, that, that yeah. makes perfect sense. When you uh, first started talking about Hamilton, you said you were doing some stuff in the community. Did you just want to talk about that a little bit and let kind of the people know what you're doing? Um, you know, I've just been able to get around uh, through the Thai Cats uh, specifically, but also done some things on my own, just reaching out to the kids, going to schools and speaking about health and nutrition and just, you know, anti-bullying, uh, anti-cyberbullying. But then I've also been able to get out and kind of do what I'm doing right now and share my story. Um, not anything that's 100% faith-based, even though everybody knows where I stand in my beliefs, but just to give um, the youth in this area and sometimes the young adults a better perspective about, uh, I guess, resiliency. Um, I guess that's one word that I would use to sum up uh, this path that I've been on thus far. And you know a lot of people look at us in this position um in a high regard and it would be uh an extreme disservice of us not to go out and then re-inspire those who inspire us like when you go out there uh, and you're sitting on that field and you you really have a time and a chance to look at everybody that comes out to support you as you play your one two hours yeah um and like they center an entire day around it they center family gatherings around it they center family lifestyles around it like it's it's a huge sacrifice that are people that people are making and just like we want them to see a different side of us i'm sure they want us to see a different side of them outside of painted faces and screaming and yelling and going crazy like that's a great aspect but like like they're more than just fans like we're more than just players and that community aspect that's able to to be generated when we put those those things to the side is 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 great and that's why i appreciate it being in hamilton yeah we got some crazy fans down here (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's amazing like i've traveled all over canada now since i've been up here four or five years and it's really like everybody's like oh we have the best but like there's there's really no comparison yeah love to hear it yeah so um you know uh, we we you know we wouldn't have much to cheer for if it wasn't for the for the guys like you um you know made such a big impact on uh on the tie cats organization already your stats like we have them listed here and they're uh, insane (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll 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 let you you go yeah too long we don't have enough time (laughs) um yeah i I don't even know the numbers went that high but uh you know unfortunately you had a you had a tough injury at the beginning of the year uh this year um and uh you know the boys went boys went pretty far this year um you know great cup unfortunately you know we were all watching that game and unfortunately uh didn't go the tie cats way but uh, what was your what, like? You know, as a veteran on the team, you must have had a role. I want we we kind of wanted to know what was that like. Uh, unfortunately, you couldn't be out there wrecking havoc and being in quarterbacks' nightmares. But uh, what what were you 
what was your role with the organization during this time? Um, to be honest, like I said before, guys were working with me in this season of fate, and I was in my groove. I'm not going to lie. I was feeling good about the season. Uh, I was finally feeling like I was returning to my old form, be able to show my, not only Hamilton, but this league, like what I could really do. And then I have that, that freak injury, and it's like, <laughs> it's like I'm talking to a guy like, God, we had this pep talk at the beginning of the year and what we were supposed to be doing. And this is not exactly in the plans of what we were supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it just brings me back to, I guess, what the theme of our conversation has been as far as, like, God's will. Like, at the end of the day, no matter who you are, no matter what it is you feel like you have your resources or capability, like, if it's not in God's plan, it's not going to happen, right? Like, my plan at the beginning of the year was to lead the league in sacks, to go out there and help win a great cup and, you know, be a stableist team, the same vision I had when I was in the NFL. And I think God allowed me to get injured to then put things in perspective again. Like, you are more than what you do. <laughs> and I was getting so engrossed to being a football player that I was neglecting the fact that I'm about to get married in April. That, you know, there's a lot of things on the horizon that I need to work on as a man outside of football in order for this next chapter to be one that starts off with a wonderful introduction. So, in that process, what I thought was being taken away from me was actually taken away from me and refined myself in other areas. So in the process of me not being able to go out there and physically contribute, like I was able to be there and contribute to meetings, contribute to film. I was at the games and I was mm -hmm. doing a little assistant coaching when I could, when players needed some, some advice or, you know, wanted my opinion on what I saw. So from that aspect, I was able to contribute. Um, but hopefully more than anything, like I hope that this house – that I'm sitting at right now is a safe haven for people to come to and just chop it up, you know. Um, over the season, I feel like we developed a nice family bond, um, and I had a wide array of people that were just able to come over here and just sit down and, and talk. If it wasn't about, you know, football, which most of the time it wasn't, you know, it's about life, where they are now, because a lot of the guys are coming from the States, right, and they're not used to the Canada nuances, so I had to get them hip to a, per to a few things, eh? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that. Yeah, so, there's a saying that's just, a minor comeback or a minor setback for a major comeback. Yeah, for real, for real. And like, at first, I was very upset because the only way that I knew to contribute was to be out there physically, right? Because mm -hmm. that's all that I had been doing. But the one thing that really resonated with me is several teammates came up to me when we had the exit meeting and were like, "Bro." Like, I don't know where I would be without you this season. Like, coming over to sit down and talk with you, whether it be at your house or, you know, in the locker room, like, that helped more than you ever know. And for me, it's crazy because they were doing just that for me, right? Because I'm the one that just tore my elbow up. Like, I'm over here trying to, trying to have conversation with anybody but my two dogs. Continue yeah. to look at me in my face. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get out and socialize and, and interact. And, like, it's it's... A blessing to be a blessing, but it's even better when you're blessed by that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so for them to, to be blessed, but, you know, take things that they can't, like, you'll have the memories on the field. Like you guys said, you'll have the stats, but I ain't, I ain't asked you to read my stats because I don't care about the stats. Okay. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, if we would have won the Grey Cup, I would have been like, well, we won the Grey Cup. Who cares? You exactly. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right now, I guess what I can hold my hat on is that, you know, I had the respect of my, my locker room. Like, I had the respect of my teammates on a degree that goes past football. And that I can only attribute to God because I've been in Lake locker rooms past, and I've been the same person 
but I have been able to show exactly who God created me to be because I wasn't comfortable with where I was. And it sounds crazy, but it took me to tear my tricep to be in that position. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Adrian, you already kind of spoke to some different, like cultural differences between uh, the United States and Canada. Uh, but just speaking football wise, uh, especially with this season, the way that it's gone in the NFL, like so many people are so pissed off with the way that uh, like defensive players, especially, are being spotlighted with really not even being like being able to touch the quarterback. Uh, so like, how does that differ? Like with your time in the NFL to your current time in the CFL. How would you say, especially as a defensive player, that some of the rules differ? Uh, are we talking about in regards to the quarterback safety or player safety? I think I, I just okay, well, <laughs> just like you just think the main main differences that you see between your playing time in NFL and CFL. Yeah, just give us like your top three or two or um, one. The main thing. The main thing, the main thing that I see the difference is mm. speed. The speed of the game is definitely different. Mm -hmm. um, I like it up here. Uh, I equate it to like pickup football. It's, it's fast. It's high intensity. As you guys can see, high scoring. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the players like points. So um, that's one thing. It's definitely the tip on speed of the game. Um, for me, the first rule that really took a while to grasp was the tap in. I mean, the tap out rule, how you can just smack a ball out of bounds. Oh, fast yeah. Touch. Is, your, is that team's possession? Yeah. I remember my first time watching a game in Toronto, we did that, and I was I was like, what the heck are we doing? We could <laughs> recover that ball. They're like, no, no, it's ours. Everybody's going crazy. And I was like, huh? <laughs> they started to break down a couple of the different rules, and, and that was one that kind of took a little bit for me to get used to. Uh, and then, man, I guess we can go and say this one, like, it makes sense because the goalpost is at the front of the end zone. But yeah. That's how that rule is. Oh, yeah. Where it's dead. I mean, <laughs> we can speak to, to that one game in the playoffs. Yeah. We won't, we won't say it out loud or mention the team's involved. <laughs> but that was crazy. Yeah. Um, I know it happened to, to Dane a couple of times this year, I think. Um, and I, I remember seeing it happen in the past. But yeah, that just goes to the, the goalpost being in the front of the end zone as opposed to the back. So, yeah. I guess those three things for me personally were like, uh, aspects of the game and rules that I had to, uh, to adjust to. Uh, you mentioned uh, Dane Evans. Uh, when when Mazzoli went down this year, what was um, like? Obviously, Dane Evans had to step up. What was uh, what was the locker room like? Like, did you guys? I'm assuming you guys just like bonded around him. But uh, like, what was he like as a as a leader? As a your you know the the face of the offense. Man, Dane Diggity, that's my guy. Is <laughs> <laughs> like to be honest, what you guys saw was no different than, than who he is. I remember awesome. last year and a couple of times <clears throat> in the beginning of this year, he was just destroying our secondary, just out there throwing missiles, bullets, <laughs> rockets, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and he was completing passes and he was going crazy. And that's what I talk about, like that youth enthusiasm for football. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? That's what he had. And I think that's what you guys saw. And it, it definitely uh, reflected in our play, especially on offense. But when you have somebody who comes in and, like Coach O said, you know, next man up, unfortunately, with the situation being Mazzoli's injury, uh, it's glad, it's glad, it's good to see somebody take advantage of that opportunity. Um, and I think that he he couldn't have taken more advantage and, and done more with it than he did by taking us to the Grey Cup. Um, but what you guys saw was no different than than who Dane has been since he signed here. Um, as soon as Mazzoli went down, I don't think there was any lack 
of, of confidence in Dane. We just knew that it was going to be different. And it was just, you know, us getting on the, on, on his wave and then for them guys, especially on offense. And they were able to do that quickly. And I, I think, in my opinion, the most powerful offense in the, in the league. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, I can speak for the fans, at least. Uh, we, we absolutely loved seeing um, – the Ticats play this year, and there it just seemed to like not skip a beat when Mazzoli went down and Dane came in. It seemed like the exact same game, high-powered offense, and the defense being shut down as always. And uh, Keyshan and I, Keyshan here, he uh, we went to the Tr- Toronto Argonauts game when they won. You guys won by like sixty points, and um, we went we went down to the tunnel after, and you guys were so happy, and we high-fiving everybody, and it was just so it, it was really cool um, to see that, and uh, great. It's, great season yeah when we when we went down into the tunnel uh one of the things that i remember the most about that game like obviously you know it was just an absolute wash because tie cats over argos all day um (laughs) but uh as simone lawrence just comes down and i've never seen somebody with more energy in my entire life (laughs) the guy just came down guns blazing through the tunnel it was so funny to see yeah and and you were there you got a huge smile on your face and like every single person like everybody high-fived every fan there and it was just it was, a, it was really cool to see how much this team is for the fans and you know it, right. it, it really feels like the city that's, is playing that's just the, the culture that's one wonderful thing about like not only the team right but the city right it's it's an entire involvement and in, like the whole <clears throat> hard working put your heart at arm blue collar like we embrace that to the fullest because we know the city in which this team was built so i think like the enjoyment you know what I'm saying? The the smiles and, and the enthusiasm that you guys saw is just like practice sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like practice is, is not the thing that we sign up to play football for, right? So when we get to go out there and it works out as we, you know, been preparing for and we put on a good show for you guys, it's just funny like it's like the little daughter who's been practicing her piano recital and she finally did mm-hmm. it and her mom stands up and her dad stands up and they're super happy. It's just yeah. like ah. Like we can share this together, you know what I'm saying? So that family bond definitely resonates outside of the locker room. It's something that's ingrained in this community and throughout the Ticat organization. Yeah, for sure, exactly. Um, it's It's been great, and I can't wait to watch in the future. Um, we got one kind of question here bef- uh, of the interview before we go into some more quick, fun stuff, because uh, in the interest in the interest of time, uh, which I'll have one last kind of serious one before we uh, wrap things up. Oh, I got another time. Okay, cool. <laughs> then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll have some, uh, we have some fun questions after that we'll aren't keep are, that are more fun. Um, so I first met you when you came to the University of Guelph with your fiance Kayla, who's a, a lovely woman. She's fantastic as well. And you came to okay. talk to our group called AIA, which is Athletes in Action. Um, so that was the first ever AIA meeting I've ever been to, and I only went because I heard you were coming, and. I didn't even know what the topic was going to be about. Um, I had no idea there was like more of a faith Christian group. I just, I thought it was like sports and stuff. Um, so, but after you came, I, I really, really uh, enjoyed what you and your fiance had to say and the words you shared and your experiences. And I've been to many, many further AIA meetings. I've made really great friends for life out of that group. So I'd like to thank you for for coming and make making me that's wild yeah don't don't thank me don't thank me this is one thing that i can appreciate about like wow that i can appreciate about like god and and how how he's intentional right yeah because like you said you didn't plan on going there you didn't think that it was something that was faith-based and you sat there in that moment you got something that you now have implemented into your life and you go to consistently Mm -hmm. and i guess that just speaks to being obedient right 
because you didn't have to go and I didn't have to agree to go. Yeah. But we both found ourselves being obedient to what we felt inside. And now here we are months later. But look how many people you've impacted off of the one seed that I, I was fortunate enough to be in a position to play. Right? Exactly, yeah. So that's one thing that I appreciate about like who it is that I believe and how I, how I think he works and how nothing is by chance. Everything has a time and a place and a season. And it's just amazing to see how when you go through the process of working, right, and you're reaping and you're planting and you're, you're really putting your hands to the grindstone to finally see, like, certain things come back and show that they produce fruit. Like, this right here, man, yeah, it's great. This right here, you just sharing that with me, just, just proves to me that the seed that I planted came back and it produced fruit. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you came yep. back and you shared yep. something with me that... I didn't expect to hear today, but has definitely lifted up my spirit. So I, I appreciate you for that. That's great, yeah. And uh, I, I, we, it, it's just it's just cool. We all appreciate each other, and that's that's the that's kind of like the job of the AIA is to plant those seeds. And I think uh, a group like that has has done so well. So I hope you can come out another time, or um, we can we can get some more yeah, guests coming in because we yeah we love that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, I had some general questions about faith and sport, but we, you already talked so much about them. So uh, maybe maybe the injury one a bit, so I can talk about this. Um, so I think I think we talk a lot about an AIA, like a topic that comes up a lot because we deal a lot with injury. Is how as athletes we we um, a, a large part of our identity is being an athlete and like being like I'm a swimmer. So a swimmer is a part a huge part of my identity. But if I, if I was to lose that, if I you know I have a back injury and I can't swim, then that I lose a huge part of my identity, and then we're kind of lost as individuals and in who we are and what what our role is in life, and and then from that we stem into our, our faith and what our, our role is there. So can you just talk a little bit about how, you know, and especially with you dealing with injuries, how, and I, I'm sure you lost a bit of your identity with not being able to play football. Do you know how, how do you use your faith to c- get through those times? Yeah, man, that's that's a great question and definitely spot on. Um, I guess as we were talking, the one the one parable that came to mind is you know the two builders, one who built his house on the sand, one who built his house on rock. Yeah, we, we look at that. Aspect, yeah. I guess it goes back to like if you build your house on what it is that you do, you can't guarantee that you're able to do that forever. So I realized, man, I can't play. I know I can't play football for forever. So then now I'm in a position where I'm currently a free agent. I know I can't play football for forever. Mm-hmm. Let me start chasing what my purpose is, right? Like I realized that, and I saw this on Instagram a few days ago, and it was like, if you chase your purpose, you'll never be out of work. Because mm-hmm. your purpose is, is more than work. Yeah. If you sign up and you go to a job, you can get fired from your job. You can get fired from doing daily activities consistently you can fall into the groove of being a day but when you finally realize like what your purpose is and what gets you excited in the morning and what allows you to like really attack a day then it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing because that's the mindset that you always have and for me personally i can only have that if i have a strong base and a strong foundation and i gotta build that in something that's outside of me it's got to be bigger than me because my emotions are fleeting what it is that I do comes and goes with the seasons, you know? Mm-hmm. So in order for me to really understand, like, okay, boom, this injury does not define Adrian the person. This yep. is sideline Adrian the player. But now Adrian the person has an opportunity to show, like, who he really is. And unfortunately, with this elbow injury, I let my emotions, for the most part, dictate how it is that I would operate. And it's not 
it's human, right? Like, it's not like I went out and was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let my emotions lead me throughout this entire process. But yeah, it's very hard to invest so much time and effort into something and then it be taken away and not have an attachment to it that is emotional. And so it's in that moment that I feel like you've got to understand, okay, cool, this is when that third aspect hops in, right? We've already discussed the physical, broken, tore my tricep. We've already discussed the emotional, broken, invested too much in what it is that I do. So now let me attack the spiritual, like, all right, God, who did you tell me that I was? Like, I'm more than a conqueror, right? Like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if I can't currently physically perform my activities as a football player, then that's clearly not what I was put on this earth to do. Because <laughs> if I got hurt and football was my purpose, then I'd die. Mm-hmm. So clearly that's not the case. So let me refine who I am as a person, because one thing that we have to have is we have to have community. We have to have relationships. We have to have connections. Man wasn't put here to, to abide and, and adapt by himself, right? Yeah. So in that aspect, do you want somebody who is, you know, Christ-like in your circle or somebody who is the opposite, somebody who is who's carnal, who's always reacting off of what they see, what they feel, what they, you know, how they act, what they do, right? So I had to, I had to take a, I had to take a, a self-check. Who do you want to be? Like, who, who do you want to be? Do you want people to be able to, to see your post on Instagram and match it with how you're living? Mm-hmm. Or do you want people to look at your Instagram post and see how you're acting in public and be like, hold on, like, is this, is this really what Christians do? Or yeah. is this, is he just posting just to get, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want any indecision. Like, I want you guys to understand. I don't want to make mistakes, but at the same time, like, I know who I am and I know whose I am. But the only way that I can speak and know that with confidence is by establishing that foundation on something that hasn't failed. Like the Bible says, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't think it gets any more consistent than that. Yeah. So instead of me being in a position where I'm chasing a job or I'm chasing, um, you know, well, I'm, I'm about to be married now, so it's not a girl for me, but for everybody, you know, a significant other, whatever the case may be, if you're chasing something that is, is varying or that, you know, can be here today, gone tomorrow, then what is that? What is the true value in that? Yeah, exactly. I think I, I think that's a very important uh, topic and distinction there. And uh, I think that, I mean, whatever whatever team has had you and ends up getting you, I think they 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 are very lucky to have such a an aware, self aware, and someone who challenges other people as well. And it sounds like you'd be a, a great mentor for for younger people and and uh, on the team and in in the youth as well. So I think you got a, a pretty good career lined up if you if if you finish football. I think um, I think somewhere you'd you'd want to learn. I think I read somewhere that you wanted to work in a in a ministry after, or have a role in some kind of position there yeah i think it would be cool uh to start a ministry yeah um, just because I, i've seen like i'm not i'm not gonna lie i mean hey i said i want to be transparent so yeah here we go like i grew up in a church and i kind of divvied away a little bit just because for me it didn't fit like i don't want to say who i was but i don't think like god fits who you are like you come to him as you are but in that process he changes you but i didn't see people in the church that looked like me i didn't see people in the church that i felt like could relate to me and so from that aspect i kind of did church on my own but then i also know the bible says like man should be alone so it's like where's the community where's the involvement so in the process of just kind of you know researching and just going online youtube like i see and a lot of people will think like this is a new way of christianity but i don't think it's a new way of christianity i just think it's the christians of this this generation not being afraid to like like i like dressing up i like fashion i like style like i 
I like Yeezys. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I like certain things that may not have me dressed, you know, in a, in a, a suit and a tie every time, but that doesn't mean that I love Jesus less or I don't know who God is. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to see things like that, it made me feel more comfortable. Like, okay, cool. The whole old school fashion cookie cutter, this is how you have to be before you can come to Christ. That image is smashed, right? Because the Bible does say come as you are. And so yeah. when I felt like that was something that I could really get around and embrace, not not denying the principles, not denying the laws and things that he's established in the Bible. I'm not talking about going out here acting crazy and doing whatever you want. But I'm saying like from the standpoint of just because I got Jordans on in church doesn't mean that, that Christ is looking <laughs> at me like I said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I want people to, to have that same feeling, that same feeling of, of being accepted, of being, you know, every, like, team. I, I guess that's the biggest thing that comes to mind is just, like, a big team. I just want a huge team for Jesus. That's what I want. Yeah. Just a massive team that's just ready to go out and fight and do what they know will bring other people who are in their position to the light. Because that's all it is. Like, I want y'all to sit here and, and think that I'm the greatest person ever because I'm not, like, I've been through a lot of things since being here in Hamilton, which is why I appreciate Hamilton, because Hamilton has been like my wilderness in the sense of shaping me into who I am. I feel like I'm Moses right now in the wilderness on the backside of the mountain. And God's like shaping me before I go into like my, whatever it is, my purpose is where, you know, Israel, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of that, it's, let me just stop talking. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you're good. You're good. You might be the first process outside of that is just people. (laughs) I want people not to, I'm not here Bible thump or make people Christians because I can't make you do anything that you don't. I want people to to challenge themselves. And I I want people to ask questions. And then from them asking those questions, I want you to decide what it is that you believe because everybody knows that once you like, once you die, uh, okay. They may not willingly, accept it but everybody does know once you die like your your physical dies but your spirit doesn't like mm-hmm. you have dreams so that lets you know that even when your body's incapacitated and you're, and you're not moving physically you're still active right so that mm-hmm. means that there's another part of your body that will live when your body's not existing anymore so if that's the case right then why are we attacking and understanding what happens for the rest of eternity like eternity's forever like it yeah. does not stop why are we now concerned about like this small little blip from the standpoint of, oh, I need to get this house, I need to have that car, I need to do this thing. Like at the end of the day, if this too shall pass, then let's make sure that we're understanding what doesn't pass and that we're on the right side of that. Because just like there's the opportunity to be in heaven, there's also the unfortunate opportunity to be in hell. Now people need to understand that it's a reality. Like it's not a fairy tale type thing. This isn't fantasy. This isn't something that like was drawn up in a cartoon book and they made it out of Disney studio. Like this is, this is real life facts. You can see it in everyday life. If you turn on the TV and you look at the news, the world is in, is in a grave state. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even turn on the TV anymore because you don't get news that's informative. You get news that's depressing. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And, and that position is like, all right, this can't be life. <laughs> and if this is life, I don't want to die and be in a position that's this state or worse. Mm-hmm. So let me be on the hunt and the search and let me ask questions to figure out for me personally. And I'm just, this is just a random person. Right. But for me, it was, all right, let me figure out what this, this God person was. My mom was talking about when I was young, because that's, that's the direction I know to go in or, you know, whoever it is, 
uh, I don't know, such and such. And they pick up a book about, you know, the Muslim faith, or they pick up a book about Hinduism or whatever. Something to spark the conversation, because in my mind, if you spark the conversation and have them asking questions, God will bring things full circle. He's the, he is the only one that can save. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might be the like, first he, minister wearing Yeezys, but I think it's super important what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the only one that can save. So it's like, I just want people to know that that opportunity is available. No, for and sure. The more people yeah. that I can get to know that, and the more people that I can get to help me get people to know that, I think the better off we'll be. I think exactly. uh, one of my favorite things in pro sports is like hearing... Uh, the impact of faith and religion on like some of these pro athletes because you know like for us growing up we're all massive sports fans we never made it but uh, you guys are playing on like a, a like a massive stage and it kind of it kind of like you guys are superstars to us but to hear like that connection that you have with God and like to hear the uh, you know with every like uh, there's so many players in the leagues that have it as well I find I find that personally to be like really special uh, so thank you for thank you for sharing with that with yeah, us for sure Oh, no. Like I said, I just want to be transparent. I think the biggest thing that people appreciate is you just being open and honest. And like I said before, not perfect by any means. And currently in a situation in which my faith is being tried heavily. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I do know what what will come after you endure a test because I've been through too many for me to be in this position and not sit here and, and tell you guys like who God is, who he is to me like why i feel so strongly about it you know what i mean yeah and that's the hope like regardless of whether you guys look like okay he made it through that tribulation he made it through that trial now i believe god and now he's had success like that's not that's not winning for me <laughs> right i just want you guys to see that no matter whether it's good or bad like i'm even killing i'm remaining the same because of what i built my foundation on mm -hmm. and that's the thing that i want to attract people to because like consistency is 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 dying <laughs> like consistency and showing up and doing the same thing over and over and over and over is something that is now looked at as as like crazy but it's the first step towards discipline is being consistent in what you do and i mean god's the most disciplined person i know because i've consistently messed up and he's consistently been there yeah and he's consistently guided me when i had no idea where i was going right and so people are looking at me as a superstar. I want them to know that at the end of the day, this is where I get like the energy to be that star. If that's where you guys put the category, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not yeah. healthy. I'm I'm able to shine like a star because of the light that I believe in. Yeah. Uh, and I think just the people listening to this podcast, like I, they'll also get that um, that insight there from from where you're getting it as we are today here. Um, so that's that's fantastic, and just in the interest of, of time and and you know our the podcast time since we don't want to go too long, um, although I'd love to stay and chat like for the next eight hours about this stuff because it's it's amazing. But you know we, we physically cannot with you know the memory on our computer. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, for sure, for sure. So we just to, just to wrap up, we're gonna go over some uh, some quick fire some quick fire questions. So don't don't think too much about them. Just kind of first thing that cool. comes to your mind and uh yeah we'll have some fun so uh who has the first question here? i got it okay uh one song that's been on your rotation recently one song that's been on my rotation recently yeah oh my god <laughs> Dang. oh oh 
Let's go with Kanye West's Selah. Uh, yeah. Ooh. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is your favorite TV show or movie? Both. Favorite things. TV show or movie? Okay. Oh. Favorite movie uh, is Remember the Titans. Oh, that's favorite my TV show. Uh, dang. Well, I'll go with my favorite TV show right now because I'm trying yeah. to be a master chef. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's go. Yeah. Uh, Remember the Titans, by the way. Uh, my all-time favorite movie. I'm not a big movie guy, but I love football movies. Um, that's just just a classic. Yeah, that's I, I can recite that movie <laughs> line by line. Man, that's awesome. Dude, sometimes at practice and everybody's like, "You need to go. You need to go be an actor." <laughs> I just love I just love that movie. My mom, I actually watch that movie every day. I mean, not every day. Every uh, before every senior year, yeah, senior year before every game. That's awesome. Wow, wow, that's cool. That was my, that was my jam. Cool. Yeah. All right, uh, Tim Hortons or Dunkin' Donuts? Oh man. Be careful. Uh, Be careful. (laughs) As a Hamilton Tiger Cat, this is there's a correct answer. Here we go. go. Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Timmy's Timmy's pastries. All right. I will agree with that 100%. I'll let it. I'll I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, No, I'm just saying because the last two times I went to Timmy's, they didn't give me a nice double double like I like. Oh, <laughs> it was a little. It, it tastes like a single single. <laughs> you like that triple triple? <laughs> I, hey, I used when I first came up here, I never drank coffee, so that was yeah. the only way that I could start drinking coffee. Was That's true. Triple triple, and I remember I think it was Zach Claris at the time. Yeah. For a sip, he was like, "What is this?" This <laughs> is like black, or if he does have something, it's like one sugar. Yeah. But I was like, "Yeah, no, buddy, I can't do that." <laughs> Uh, so, Adrian, have you ever heard of a Gretzky from Tim Hortons? Wayne. Are we talking about Wayne Gretzky? Yeah, yeah, but it's like a, an order at Tim Hortons. Oh, no, what is that? Nine milk, nine sugar, and a coffee. Would you ever try it? <laughs> that's too far. Yeah, that, that, would, wow. that would be disgusting. That's the 99 right there. Yeah, that's the kind of diet that gets you kicked off the football team. <laughs> All right, that's how old. I have seen I have seen videos of people trying it. It looks disgust like it literally looks like syrup. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, it's disgusting. <laughs> All right, uh, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're, no. I, I'm sorry, man, but you're wrong. Yeah, that's <laughs> incorrect. That's that's two for smooth. We we ask every we ask every guest that question, so. Delvin and both views both said smooth. So it's it's a it's a long-standing uh, argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're uh, you're not so, helping. So, so let me hear the argument for crunchy real quick. It's just okay. The, my, the extra added that, texture is yeah. just it it makes it it makes it way better. Do you not want actual peanuts in your peanut butter? Like it's half it's half the word peanut, and then you got the butter in there. <laughs> I, <you> got, <laughs> So, so you'd like lumps in the regular butter that you have? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Butter, if I'm having butter, that's butter, butter alone. Butter, butter is like the state of it. The butter makes it like, oh, butter, that should be smooth. Exactly. But it's peanut butter. You got peanuts in it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's the content of which the butter is made up. Thank like you. I, li- I, like, I, like, I like the added crunch. To Adrian, have you, ever, have you ever had uh, a crunchy peanut butter on a pancake? Now, now we're just getting disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay, all right. We'll move on. We'll, we'll move go on. to the next oh, one. Stick in the... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I do like this one, though. Cr- right. Hold on. Crunchy peanut butter on a pancake. Yeah, write that down. 
It's, that's it like there's so, no there's nothing else with man it. i i throw some jelly on there as well sometimes but it just oh it, so you make like a oh you make yeah. the peanut butter the bread of it okay i see i pick i'm picking up what you put there. yeah i'm telling you man it'll change your life you gotta give it a go and uh I'm like, i actually might make that <laughs> and uh sticking to pancakes um so if you have a stack of pancakes like morning breakfast you got four pancakes on your plate do you eat them as a stack or do you separate them individually and eat them you eat them as a stack, but you butter them and you serve them individually, and then you cut oh. them into pie shapes. Oh, okay. That's... I think it's I think it's a southern thing. That is that the most stack thing. That's that is the most meticulous answer I have ever heard for this question. That is that is great. I love that. Hey, I'm, I'm trying to tell you guys. That's if good. I wasn't a football player, I'd be a professional eater. I love food. <laughs> I eat like. If I didn't exercise, I'd probably be like 300. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's funny. And um, did when I, I just real quick because um my my friend Ryan here he's he's in kinesiology. I know that you did sport medicine or kin in, in yeah, university. In university. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have uh, a question? Like a we question? we knew that uh, it said we read somewhere that you might have wanted to pursue uh, medicine somehow in uh, in your career or sport doctor yeah. or something like that working yeah. in a team. Was that something that you'd still, if you had the ability to, would you want to do that? Or would you more want to go towards like chef and food stuff outside of, like, out, outside honest, of the ministry and sport? <laughs> <laughs> but I just know that I can't. Um, unfortunately, I think I probably had to put a back burner on being a medical doctor yeah. because of the time that it takes, you know, all the studying. I had to do the MCAS and I had to get to school and I had to do residency after all that stuff. So probably not, even though I think having a doctor in front of my name would be cool. So I just had to find like a uh, a shorter term doctor program. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair. Uh, but yeah, you know McMaster's uh, got a three year one. <laughs> Stay in Hamilton. For real? Yeah, it's three years. Theirs is accelerated. Yeah, accelerated med degree. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, Ryan's applying for med school. I mean, he's already applied, so. Yeah, he knows this. You know, he can help you out. <laughs> All right, let's. Hey, let's go, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, you know, c- completely switching gears, going from a very educated topic to a non, non, non-smart topic here. Uh, what is the biggest animal you think you could take in a fight? Oh, is this life or death? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like in the octagon. This is. <laughs> this is for real. Oh. Dang, the biggest animal? So, I, for reference. For, for reference, we, like I said, we had Delvin Bro on here a little bit back. Uh, he said he could take and beat a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So just just to put that in perspective. Just, for you. Yeah, that's what you <laughs> So he just picked... Okay, he's all right. <laughs> I'll try to be a little more realistic. There go. He's got the DB mentality, so I don't know what the DNs are like. Dang. I don't know, because I'm, I'm also into like... National Geographic, so I watch these pictures. So, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> these animals ain't playing games. No, sir. No, sir. Like, no. Even the ones that you think would be, like, more passive because of the wild to get ate up. Like, yep. if you run into them one on one, like, the other day I saw a video on Instagram. This turkey almost attacked and killed this guy. <laughs> a turkey. A wild turkey. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, now, you wouldn't think a turkey would be aggressive like that, but they're crazy. So, I would say if I had to beat something up in the octagon... <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I think you could take a turkey at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's got to be bigger than a turkey. Oh, I, I, yeah, I could take a turkey, but I'm trying to think of like, I probably could take, I could probably take, no, orangutans are strong. 
We said that. We Funny had, enough, we, 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 had a, we had another friend on yesterday. And he said orangutan, and he's not as big as you, so. <laughs> I think you got an orangutan. Yeah, all right, I'll challenge an orangutan. I guess I'm looking at this from like a realistic standpoint. <laughs> no, that's that's no, it's good. That's like, that's what we want. We're caught in the wild, like say we're on a safari, right? We're running. Yeah. I probably, I probably could, probably could take a, a leopard, a hyena. I, yeah. I, I don't think that's unrealistic at all. But uh, it's, remember, it's only one of them. Hyenas fight in packs too, so you could definitely take yeah, that's useless. True. That's themselves. true. Yeah, and they can't climb trees, so I'm definitely climbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's smart. It's, um, it's fight or flight. Like, Adrian Tracy from the top rope. <laughs> given, yeah, for real. Given the people's elbow from the tree branch. Um, I think uh, you know it's funny that you said orangutan. I think we should throw uh, throw Adrian and Nick in an octagon and just see what happens. <laughs> uh, Nick's our Nick's our friend that we have on had on yesterday, and I think he's maybe 120 pounds. So I'd be a yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get that up a little content piece for YouTube or something. Um, I'm st- I just want to going off of kind of like that kind of duel there. Assuming that y- there's. There's one oh, wait. Oh, that's for Fig. Okay, assuming that we are all on the O line, how long would it take for you to go through all four of us and get to the quarterback? Mm, probably one second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we, we had right. we had you at point five, so yeah. That that's a fair answer. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> we we all played football in high school, but um. Not on the. Oh, I guess Ryan was tight end, so he was O line. I'm not stopping him. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. If you could have dinner with one actor or actress, who would it be? Denzel Washington. Yep. That's a. Uh, Remember the Titans. Correct answer. Remember the Titans. That's a. That is a correct answer right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's also one of the guys that I don't know why, but every time I go on around like graduation, he's always got like commencement videos, and he's always True. saying something that's extremely profound. And I'm just like, Denzel. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow! I never would have thought, Coach Herman Boone. <laughs> I don't know. He had a couple good speeches in that movie. Oh, he did. Yeah, he yeah. Did. My favorite one is the the uh, <laughs> is the assistant coach when they got to run. He's like, "Get him, child. Y'all didn't come out here to practice. <laughs> the champions pay the price." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, was it me playing the movie right there? I didn't even. Uh, yeah, you weren't kidding, eh? You can really hey, recite every line. You have options, my friend. Man, you got, you got my support. No, um, uh, a couple if, more. Uh, in either the CFL or the NFL, what's the favorite stadium you've ever played in? Stadium to play in the NFL was Dallas. My favorite stadium to yeah. play in up here is come on, Donut Box. Yeah, oh, the, the Tim Hortons Stadium, the Donut Box. <laughs> the Donut Box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. Yeah, I, I like the blackout that we did in the playoffs. Oh yeah, that was cool. Man, that was. See, I embodied that to the fullest. I literally woke up and like I had black sunglasses. And oh yeah. With black black oh, PJs. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's was, that was really cool. It's a mentality. It's a state of life. Is that, is that all the questions? Did you want to ask me a grappling question? Oh. Oh. Uh, so we got one last one last of the quick questions for you. Um, who, do you who, in your opinion, you can't say the Ticats, uh, who has the best jerseys in the CFL? The best jerseys in the CFL, and I can't say the Ticats. No, because it's obviously the Ticats. So who's number all two? All blacks are the best. <laughs> Or would you rather would you rather uh, best jerseys in the NFL? Nah, that's too many 
things to, to consider. Yeah. The best in the CFL, Ottawa's a trash. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage. So I can't like them just off the sake of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, BC's was straight. They did something new. I guess, uh, no, I can't give it to them. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys suck. Because this is probably the hardest question. <laughs> we stumped you. Just style alone. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know, right? I'm yeah. trying to see who swags it out. Uh, Saskatchewan's got the ones that look oh, like the Jets oh, almost. No, I did like Montreal. I ain't gonna lie. I like I Montreal's like, they're alternate ones. Yeah. Dark blue, yeah, exactly. Nice red. That's my choice. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of that little, what is that, the alouette on the helmet? Yeah. But I like them from the standpoint of like they were really trying to revamp their image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, it didn't work, but you know, they tried. Quick question. Uh, who is, who's the, what's your most memorable sack? Like, which quarterback do you remember sacking? That was the f- most fun. Uh, oh, this year, Nichols. Oh, yeah. When we played them at home when they were first in the West. The yep. East. Yep. That's a big yeah, game. Yeah, that one, that one felt, that one felt real good. <laughs> <laughs> a, game, a game sealer. And just like I said before, two two top teams in the CFL. And of course, you had Willie Jefferson on the other side. He had number five too, so I was yeah, just kind of that's cool. In my head, trying to make it like, all right, I gotta be the, the best number five today. Of course, so that was that was probably from my experience up here, especially this year, the most memorable set. Yep, for real. And then one last question before we we sign off there: um, the NFL is approaching playoffs. So uh, who who you got for the Super Bowl this year? Oh, man. You know what? <laughs> this is a great question because the NFL is shaping up to be an interesting yep. lay of the land this year. Um, so, I don't know, man. I'm liking New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a I'm fair one. New Orleans. Drew Brees, oh, my goodness, out there machine. I don't like Tom Brady, so he's never going to get my vote. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> That's uh, Brady's a Patriots fan. Yeah, I was gonna say you cutting Brady <laughs> deep there. He's a. That's unfortunate. It's very yeah, unfortunate. Just send you a picture of my Super Bowl ring when we beat him. Oh. oh. Be rude. No, sorry. Oh, man. Do it. Do it. I you really should have. I really don't like Tom Brady and that entire organization. You know they wow. cheat, man. Hey, <laughs> the, the, yeah. <laughs> that's another that's another podcast for another time. Yeah, that's another podcast. We, 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 we. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, first of all, thank you, thanks again for coming on. This was an outstanding interview, and uh, we can't thank you enough. Uh, oh no, I appreciate you guys having me. Oh, this is this is this is what I do. This is what I do. Awesome. So I appreciate you guys giving me an opportunity to to express that. I feel like we have uh, so much more we want to ask you. Unfortunately, we're running out of space on my laptop and time, but uh, maybe we can have you on again sometime. I mean, that's the only way we can make it happen. I, man, we'll, we'll, we'll get to talking about that as well. Um, so uh, first off, on behalf of uh, all of us at Case and Punt, uh, good luck with the wedding. Um, you know, that's uh, congratulations in, in advance. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, guys. Y'all have a great day. You too. You as well. You too. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Adrian. Yeah, good right. luck in the future. Can't thank you enough. I appreciate it. All right. See ya. Bye.